Retail e-commerce is just getting started. It may feel mature, but Statista predicts 43% growth over the next four years, which is stunning, right? But if you're an e-commerce marketer, you'll know that things are more competitive than ever. Today, I'm going to take you through some strategies of the world's top e-commerce stores, things that they do to maximize their revenue. And by the way, if you're not an e-commerce business, that's actually okay, because a lot of this stuff actually applies just as well to software or service companies. The trick is, how do you take the principles behind these things and apply them with your business? So don't just tune out just because you're not e-commerce. Don't worry, I've got you. Anyway, let's get stuck in. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency that helps our clients get more leads and sales from their websites. And that's exactly what this podcast is about. Before we get started, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's left a review on various review platforms. And a big thank you to those who left some feedback about background music. We used to have background music during these episodes, and we're going to test taking it out. So please let us know in the reviews if you like not having the background music or if you really miss that background music if you you miss the feeling that you've left something on in the background okay let's get stuck in some retail and e-commerce conversion improvement revenue boosting strategies of course your e-commerce store is fundamental to your performance if you're an e-commerce business if your website sucks it doesn't matter what you do to market it your results are going to suck too if your store is world class then you'll find everything much easier Let's imagine that we've got two stores. We've got store A and we've got store B. Store A converts at 1%, meaning one of every 100 visitors turns into a customer and buys something. And store B converts at 3%, meaning three visitors out of every 100 buy. Which store is more profitable? Obviously, store B. Which store can spend more on ads? Obviously, store B, because they're converting more of that traffic, which can grow more quickly. You get the gist of it. So that's why increasing conversion rate is one of the first things that we work with in with every client at our agency, whether they're an e-commerce business or they're a software company or they're a lead generation business or a service company or a local business, whatever. Conversion rate is usually one of the first things that we work on because it's like a supercharger for everything else. And it makes us look even more clever when we start driving traffic to that store because it's converting at a higher rate. So we're going to talk about some conversion rate optimization stuff specific to e-commerce stores, but all of these things can be tweaked and applied in different ways, or most of these things can be tweaked and applied in different ways to other types of website as well. Now, here are some areas of CRO worthy of attention, your attention this year. Firstly, offers. Now, offers can be a really useful tool for any business to encourage people to buy. They do come with a warning though, which I'll come back to in a little bit. What are some of the most effective ways that we see offers used in e-commerce? Well, one of the first ways that we'll often see offers used and we encourage their use is in pop-ups. Now, pop-ups, love them or hate them. Most people would tell you that they hate them. I would tell you that I hate them. And then I would tell you that I would recommend that every website owner uses some form of pop-up because as much as people hate them, they work. So like it or not, they're not going away anytime soon. Running offers in pop-ups for e-commerce stores is a fantastic thing to do usually, particularly if you're capturing email addresses before somebody has purchased. So I'm on number7beauty.co.uk, which is a spin-off of a uh, like a pharmacy company in the UK, Boots. Uh, I think they've got some relationship with Walgreens. Anyway, they spun off their own brand beauty products onto number7beauty, and it's uh, an e-commerce store. It's actually built by um, the Hut Group, THG. 
uh, who run my protein and all sorts of stuff as well. And they will offer an incentive. As soon as you land on the page, they offer an incentive and a pop-up to sign up for their emails. Now, why do they offer the incentive to sign up for their email list before purchase? Well, because when someone lands on your page, you don't know yet whether or not they're going to make that purchase later on. If they don't make a purchase and you haven't captured their email, they're basically lost. You can remarket them, you can retarget to them with ads, but you're going to have to spend money to do that. Whereas if you have a pop-up that incentivizes them to pop their details in straight away, you've now got their details. You can do a couple of things with them. Firstly, you can monitor what they do on your site and you can set up basket abandonment or even browse abandonment sequences. I when someone browses around on the website, you can send them customized email streams based on the products that they're looking at. Or if they put those products in a checkout, then, you know, standard issue, you'd send them a discount to encourage them to go through that checkout. So this offers straight away as soon as they land on the page or after a few seconds where they've had a chance to establish that you're a good fit for them and that they might be interested in purchase. Great thing to do. Even if they don't get to basket, you can still build a relationship with these visitors. Um, I've actually just been writing up a, an award entry for one of our clients where we've done this for, and they sell ergonomic furniture, right? Like desks and tables that help you to not die of horrendous pain while you're working. And one of the things that we've done with them is set up exactly what I'm talking about here, like a pop-up as soon as you land on the site or a delay after a few seconds. And what it's allowed us to do is educate their customers about the benefits of their product. So whilst they might not be the cheapest in price, because we can have an education stream that we run through via email, this allows them to monetize that audience really effectively. It's added another 14% to their revenue, just those email streams. And um, yeah, it means that every email capture they get from that stream is worth about £20 to them, which, if you think about it, kind of changes the economics of their advertising. Because now when they're running ads, if they get a purchase, great, that revenue would be allocated and attributed to the ad. But if they get an email sign up, we know that that email is going to be worth £20 to them at some point. So this makes their advertising more profitable because we know that we're following up with people. So that's why you'll see sites like the one I'm on here, number7beauty.co.uk, offering fairly large incentives for email capture. They're willing to spend quite a lot of money in discounts or whatever in order to get that person signed up because they can monetize them later and they can follow up with checkout and browse abandonment. Okay, next thing that we're going to look at under offers, countdown timers. Now, you'll see all sorts of countdown timers used across e-commerce stores. And if you don't want to give away a discount, a nice little trick can be to have a countdown timer for some sort of delivery threshold. Okay, so here I'm on the House of Fraser or houseoffraser.co.uk and they have on their on every single product page they have a countdown timer and this isn't like countdown to it being out of stock or countdown to it having a discount. This is just checkout in 6 hours 29 minutes and it's counting down for next day delivery. So, I mean, if you miss tomorrow, then you've always got the day after. But just the fact that you have that countdown sort of activates this thing in our heads, right? Times discounts and sales have been around for some time, but they just trigger something in our brains. When I need my son Luca to do something right now, I say to him, here's a secret parenting hack for you. I say, I'm going to count down from five and you need to have your shoes on. Now, immediately his primal countdown adherence mechanism kicks in and he instantly leaves whatever fun thing he's doing and rushes to obey my boring command, kinda. <laughs> anyway, but we do have this thing where we see a countdown and we just sort of want to obey, we want to comply with it. So you don't have to offer discounts or threats in your timers for them to be effective. For example, you can just use the next day delivery threshold, the trigger point at which 
uh, they'll have to wait another day, imagine that, for their product. But remember, all of this, I'm going to caveat the entire offers section of this podcast with all offers come with a warning. I will come back to this later on. The next thing that we're going to talk about is your benefits bar. So benefits bar for non-e-commerce businesses, just to explain what this is. And plenty of non-e-coms actually have a benefits bar. So it's not really an e-commerce exclusive thing. It's this like strip of benefits that you see usually just underneath the menu on desktop, usually just underneath the sort of header area on mobile. And on desktop, you'll usually see like between two, three, five different benefits or statements or offers. On mobile, you'll typically see um, you'll see one thing usually and it will scroll through. Sometimes the benefits bar is sticky, sometimes it's not. The reason it's called a benefits bar is because you're typically communicating your benefits, the reason why someone should shop from you in this benefits bar. Now this space is prime. In real estate terms, this is like the space next to Central Park or the space next to Buckingham Palace. This is prime space. You want to think about what your benefits but includes really carefully. And you want to choose the key messages that are most likely to increase conversion rate. So I'm going to talk you through a few different options. So firstly, we've got Boots. They're a pharmacy company. And they sell loads of loads of different types of products. Now, I wouldn't say that they're they're not massively competitive on price, or that you know, they're they're not they're not like the cheapest, they're not the most expensive, but you'd never go there because they are the cheapest, if that makes sense. So you go there for other reasons. And their benefits bar kind of picks up on that. So the benefits bar statements emphasize convenience. They've obviously identified that that is their USP because they've got physical stores as well, unlike a lot of their competitors, because they've got those physical stores, they can have free click and collect. They can have, you know, free day delivery, obviously. They've got next day delivery offered as well. They've got airport click and collect, which is something that very few of their competitors will offer. And they've even got delivered on demand by delivery, which again is something that their competitors mostly won't be able to offer because they don't have as many physical stores. So notice how they've kind of looked at their business and say, what can we offer which our competitors can't? And then those are the things that they've emphasized in their benefits bar. If we look at fast fashion retail phenomenon, Sheehan, the things that they're emphasizing in their benefits bar are mostly price. Okay, so they've got at the moment, this sounds hilarious. We're going to come back to Sheehan later. At the moment, one of the items in their benefits bar is that they've got a, a, a hot flash sale, a hot 1p flash sale. So that's like a one cent sale in the US. Yes, they are selling products for 1p or one cent, which is just the most Sheehan thing I've ever heard. They've also got student discount, 15% off shipping info, express seven to nine days. So that's not fast shipping, that's slow shipping, because a lot of this stuff is coming from overseas. So whether they're using this as a way of sort of reducing refund or complaints rate by just like, let's just call a spade a spade and just tell people up front, it's going to take seven to nine days for this thing to come. I'm not sure. But it's interesting that they've used a sort of non-benefit as a benefit, if you like. And then we've got free returns too, which is a very traditional benefit. So they've got a mixture here of like price and sort of terms and conditions type stuff that they're using in their benefits bar. Now, Wellworking is a, um, a, a company that sells all sorts of furniture. Definitely not selling on price. They're typically selling premium type products. Um, they use their top selling points. So their top selling points are interest-free finance. So for a larger purchase, they're going to mention that because that's going to be an impediment. That's going to be an objection that someone might, uh, they might have to overcome. Free UK mainland delivery, which, you know, for furniture is not such a given. Um, and then brand new furniture as well, which is kind of an interesting one. It, <laughs> throwing a little bit of casual shade over competitors that all of a sudden you're thinking, wait, is those, are those competitors not selling brand new furniture? 
Okay, so the takeaway here, benefits bar, you're going to use one and you're going to think about the things that set you apart from your competitors. Really, really important there. Now, I mentioned that there's a bit of a warning with discounts. You've got to be careful with discounts. You can be very heavy handed uh, with them. And there's a bit of a strategic decision about how much of your store's positioning or your business's positioning is about offers and discounts. If Sheen's going to be offering a one piece sale, right, they can't next month decide, do you know what? We're going to go premium price. We're going to improve our margins. Like that's difficult because they've kind of put all their coins on the black three and they've just gone for it, right? We've we've made our bed, we're going to have to sleep in it. So the warning here, we've worked with clients over the years and, and this has happened. One particular uh, one that sticks in mind it was a uh, luxury fashion e-commerce store. Now this luxury fashion e-commerce store, they came to us and they had the goal of increasing full price purchases from their store. The trouble is that they were so addicted to selling via offers that they trained their audience to only respond to offers. So they'd be like, yeah, we want to we wanna sell more at full price. And then their Facebook ads would always have some sort of voucher code, some sort of discount. So we'd say, all right, well, you know, we're going to sell more at full price. Let's take out the discount. Yeah, but it doesn't convert as well without the discount. No, it doesn't convert as well without the discount, but that's why you've got larger margins to kind of make up from that. You know, when you're offering 15% off, that 15% is just like just taken straight out the profit. That's not coming out the cost, that's coming straight out the profit. So because they sort of trained their, trained their audience and they trained themselves to think about, you know, this is what an acceptable conversion rate is from Facebook ads. Well, of course, you're going to get a better conversion rate, you're going to get a better, you know, CPA if you're selling at massive discounts, if you're selling luxury brands at massive discounts. So we had to kind of build them a new audience who hadn't been introduced to the brand as a discounter in order to make that work. Um, And they still struggle with it. It's still a a struggle for them. In fact, it's a, a really intense struggle. So, you know, this is a this is a problem. And to an extent, this type of discount positioning is if anything, it becomes a little bit harder to, I would say harder to defend in a recession, but it becomes more of a conversation topic. So even Shein, the company we've just been talking about selling items of clothing for 1p and shipping them overseas, they have entire Reddit threads complaining about how expensive it is, because they are selling to that audience for whom they will buy a jumper if it's six pounds, but they will not buy the jumper if it's 10 pounds, right? Now that's fine. And I'm not disputing the need for six pound jumpers. But we need to choose our audience. And then we need to accept the good and the bad with that audience. So if we're going to sell on price, if we're going to become addicted to price based offers, we just have to make peace with that. And we have to accept that there's a race to the bottom that we might be tempted to join. And it's generally not a good idea if you can afford not to. So you do have to be careful with offers not to become overline or to condition your buyers. Now, another way of increasing your store's revenue aside from offers is to increase the amount that customers spend in each transaction. Okay, there's basically three levers to play with any business, you can have more customers, which is what we're talking about with conversion rate, you can have customers spending more in each transaction, or you can have customers spending the same amount, but more transactions, right? So, you know, increase customer lifetime value, increase average order value or increase conversion rate. Ideally, of course, you're going to pull all those three levers. But right now we're going to think about some ways to increase the amount that customers spend in each transaction. So this can come from various different ways. Upsells and cross sells can be a very effective way of increasing your average order value or AOV. So some ways that smart e-coms are doing this that we've seen some great implementations of 
mizzenandmain.com. Mizzen and Main is a clothes company for, I'm going to say, youngish, middle-aged Americans. I hope I'm not offending anyone there, uh, but <laughs> that's the vibe I'm getting. This is like, um, you know, shirts and chinos, and it's people like sat around in wood paneled rooms. Like these are respectable people. This is like the stuff that you'd wear to your school reunion when you're 40 and you want to show everyone that you're not a total loser, right? I'm guessing that's their, I'm guessing that's their customer avatar. Anyway, fantastic looking site and, and, you know, great looking product imagery. This looks like a really great brand. So, uh, you know, massive respect to this. And one of the things that they do really well on their site is they sell their products as bunches, right? So you can buy a shirt, you can buy chinos, but they are so focused on making you buy an entire outfit that the first thing you see after their product categories on their homepage is shop the look. And in the shop the look, they've basically categorized three different looks, office ready, family weekend, winter warmth. And when you click on shop the look, it takes you to the products that are shown in that look. So you buy your shirt, and then you buy your chinos with it. And when you go on their product page, it also says, hey, you know, uh, where does it say it? So here, styled with. So you go to the bottom of the product page, it says, right, you got the shirt. Here, we'd style it with this. And then you can just, with one click, add the trousers to your shirt order. So you just click, I take it, and then that's it. So what they've done there is make it really easy for you to buy complimentary products by kind of styling it up. So of course, not everyone is going to buy this. Not everyone is going to buy the second product. But let's just imagine that one in five go, yeah, do you know what? I do like that combo. And they add the second product to their cart. Well, they've just increased their sales 20% without any additional marketing cost. They haven't had to pay more to get that customer. They haven't had to send out more emails to get that person. They've just managed to nudge that person to add another product. In this case, double their order in one click just because they've asked for the sale. There's that thing in sales, isn't it? Ask for the sale. If you find a salesperson that's not doing well and you listen back to their calls, do they ever actually ask for the sale? Do they ever give the prospect an opportunity to buy? Sometimes salespeople just talk and talk and talk and talk. And as soon as they ask for the sale, their closing rate goes up. And it's the same with e-commerce. If you're giving your customers opportunities to add products to the cart and you're making it easy, some of them are going to do it. Not all of them are going to do it. Having everyone add the upsells to their cart, that's not the success metric, okay? You might get 95% of people not adding the upsells to the cart. You're doing it for the 5% and the incremental improvement on your numbers because of that. Uh, another way to increase average order value really smartly um, my protein do this. My protein is a very offers driven company. If you don't know it, um, it's one of the THG properties and a bit of a, a sort of e-commerce trailblazer, I'm going to say in a lot of ways. They had a really early referral scheme, which was fantastic. They've got a loyalty point scheme, which works really well. And they're really sort of pioneering in a lot of e-commerce basket, average order value, improving um, sort of tactics. One great thing they're running at the moment is uh, an offer on their site that says buy more, save more. Okay, so here's the deal. You get 45% off if you spend 65. You get 40% off if you spend 40 and 35% off anyway. Okay, so everyone who gets on buys something, you get 35% off. If you spend a bit more, if you spend 40 pounds, you get 40% off. And if you go to 65 pounds, you get 45% off. So the more you spend, the more you save. Now, it's a bit of a nasty trick, isn't it? Because 
if you land somewhere between two thresholds, so let's say that you spend £50, where you're currently getting 40% off, but you're like, well, I could just spend £15 more and I'm going to get a whole 5% more off. And my protein are really good at mixing these offers up enough just so that every time you go onto the site, there's like another offer to incentivize you to get over that next threshold. You always want to get to the next stage. Really smart, particularly for something like supplements where you're probably going to use the product anyway. So what they're encouraging you to do is to bulk buy. Doesn't really massively impact their shipping costs to send you another one. Um, And it means that, you know, you're their customer for another one pack of protein. So really, really smart move and something I love seeing. And by the way, if you're listening to all of this thinking, wow, there's there's lots of different things that we could be doing. Yes, there absolutely is lots of things that you could be doing. And this isn't even including all the traffic strategies that you're going to be wanting to play with either. If you want us to give you a tailored list of feedback specific to your site, get the free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja. Just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review or click the link in uh, description. There's no description for this. Maybe there is a description for the podcast. It might be in there, but go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. You will not believe that this thing is free. The review isn't right for everyone. So if we don't think the review is right for you, then request it anyway. And we will give you something else, which is better tuned to help your business with where it's at. So we'll often give away courses, we'll give away like consultancy, we'll give you stuff which is matched to the right stage for your business if the review isn't at the right stage for you yet. So yeah, yeah, go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Okay, so you've converted more of your visitors and you've sold more, you've increased your average order value for each of those visitors. Third lever that we're going to play with is increasing the number of purchases, so selling more often to your existing customers. This is known as boosting customer lifetime value or CLV. So the amount that a customer is worth to you over your lifetime. Obviously, remember, it's cheaper to sell to existing customers than to bring in new ones. Remember the email marketing thing. Huge. So how do you boost your CLV? Well, customer lifetime value boosters are everywhere. I think Amazon Prime is the kind of the original goat here. It's the original um, yeah, the, the trailblazer in a lot of ways with early studies finding that Prime customers spend more than twice as much as non-prime customers. Now, of course, there's a question about like correlation and causation. Is it just that the people who spend most on Prime, uh, on Amazon, sorry, tend to pay for Prime membership? Yes, there is that argument, but you can't attribute all of it to that, right? Prime customers on average spend more than twice non-prime. So yeah, Prime works. Um, There's another example with ASOS, the clothing company. They've got an ASOS premiere service. This is really interesting because Amazon Prime is what it's like 90, 100 pounds, 100 dollars or something per year and you get free next day or even same day delivery for the whole year. ASOS Premier is 12 pounds a year. Now ASOS sells clothing and their goal would be that you buy all of your clothing from ASOS. They sell loads of different brands. So that is a you know that's a possible outcome. Now ASOS Premier at 12 pounds a year is not going to cover the postage costs I would imagine for their typical customer who is a premier subscriber. So they're clearly investing in a low price subscription service, knowing that once you've sunk that cost into ASOS, you're going to feel compelled to then shop for them in order to monetize that benefit. And they've got a great sort of chart that shows you how quickly you would pay back your ASOS premier cost. And it's basically two orders. If you make two orders in the next year, you've paid off your cost. So as a customer, it works out very, very good value. But I would imagine also for ASOS, it works out very good value because they then have someone locked in 
and they're kind of emotionally wedded. They like live with ASOS, right? It's like if you if you live with a partner, you're going to be more invested in going back to them and replying to their texts and you know, getting on well than if you don't live with them because you're kind of already invested. There you go. <laughs> There's a metaphor for everyone. There's another example with Arrow. Um, oh, sorry, Interflora. Interflora, the, the flowers delivery company. Same sort of thing. So I think you spend £30 a year and they give you unlimited free delivery, right? So you're then locked into Interflora as your flowers supplier because in your head, you're like, well, I've already kind of prepaid these delivery slots. And it also reduces the barrier to buying more products as well. So I'd love to see if, if we've got anybody from Interflora listening, I'd love to know the numbers behind this and what it does for your average order value. Does it sort of get people buying smaller flowers more often because the delivery is such a, you know, such a small variable cost? What does it do to your average customer lifetime value? Please tell me. I'm such a geek. I need to know. Um, I mentioned Arrow. So Arrow is this e-commerce electrical component beast. It's one of those businesses that like most people haven't heard of Arrow. I think they do 3 billion a year, something absolutely ludicrous when we looked uh, behind the scenes at their digital marketing. And, you know, fantastic looking business, really good. E-commerce masterstrokes is arrow.com. And they have an Arrow Perks loyalty program. And this loyalty program is like, <laughs> there are some loyalty programs where you think, well, this has been like someone's worked on this on Friday night at the pub and they've just scribbled it down on the back of the napkin, you know, while they're waiting for the football to start. That's not this. This is like a full-on loyalty program. So you get money off your first order. They give you a whole bunch of like points when you do things. You can earn points faster if you spend more. You As you get more points, you get different offers. So you get like custom tape. I don't know what that is. You get... um earnings bonuses. So your bonuses, the, the discounts that you get, get more the more you spend with them. You get these site-wide 2x points days, which are like uh, event days where you can double the amount of points that you get per purchase. So they've turned this whole thing into a bit of like a, a kind of underground currency, if you like. It's gamifying the purchase, isn't it? So not only are you locked into Arrow as your supplier because you're in the loyalty scheme, but they've got you jumping through all these hopes as well. You want to buy stuff. You want to buy stuff from them because you, then you get to the next level. You get to bronze then silver, then gold. Yeah, I get to gold. So it's brilliant. Really, really cool. So have a look at Arrow um, Perks as a loyalty scheme. If you're trying to build something like this, that's a, it's a great, really well thought through thing. Okay. Then final uh, thing on increasing customer lifetime value before we move on. Me and Jess talked about, or Jess and I talked about Estrid, the, um, the, the, I don't know what you call it, uh, the razor, the shaving company. Um, we talked about the genius of Estrid's marketing in the conversation podcast um, last week. Well, Estrid has, by default, they sell their products on subscription. Okay, so if you want to buy a razor from Estrid, then by default, you're buying a subscription to their thing because this is a consumable product that makes sense, right? So the value for a lot of direct consumer businesses is not in the first sale, it's in the repeated sales because cost of customer acquisition is so high, they need to get you buying repeatedly. And that's exactly what Estra do. Hence, they default straight to the subscription. That's what they really want to get you on. So you actually have to sort of opt out if you don't want the subscription, which I think makes a lot of sense for a business like this. Okay, next thing we're going to talk about is user journey. Now, every website has... Well, no, not every website. <laughs> a lot of e-commerce sites have two types of visitor. They've got those who know what they want, searchers, and then they have browsers, people who don't know what they need 
or want, they're just having a look, okay? And this is basically true for all internet traffic. It falls into either search or browse. And even inside platforms like YouTube, you've got search and browse traffic. So if you're, you know, let's say you're watching TV and there's an advert break comes on, you open your phone, you're in browse mode, okay? So you're typically looking at an algorithmically fed feed of stuff that you can thumb through mindlessly, giving you just enough dopamine to keep going, right? That's a human in browse mode. Whereas a human in search mode is like when my wife is doing Pilates and she's got a phone out and she's like buying the kids their stuff. She's like working on people's Christmas presents. Like she's, she lives in search mode. She doesn't just mindlessly browse. She's always looking for something. She's always doing something. So your e-commerce store is gonna have these two types of visitors as well. Different stores are gonna have different amounts. Like if you're going to Estrid to buy a razor, there's probably not that many people that are just like, oh, I wonder what Estrid's selling these days. Whereas people going to a clothing store like ASOS are going to be going in, they're going to be thinking, oh, maybe I should just buy some new shoes. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what they've got going on here. So we need to think about these two different types of people and what they need to see on your site, because this is going to influence the layout, the structure of your site. So searchers, people who come onto the site knowing that they want something specific, they need very neatly labeled categories they need these to be logical and SEO'd, okay? I'm gonna go back to Boots, the pharmacy, the online pharmacy store. In some ways, the Boots navigation is an absolute headache. There's one menu tab that says shop by department, and then you've got, I don't know, 20 departments that you can go through. Now, some of these departments have duplication and crossovers, right? If you imagine there's like a Venn diagram of product categories, it's a total mess. So for example, let's say I want to buy a men's vegan moisturizer with SPF, right? Let's say that I want to buy that. Well, there's like five different categories I could go into. I could go into beauty and skincare. I could go into sun and holiday. I could go into toiletries. I could go into men's. I could go into vegan. I could go into new in. I could go into Black Friday. I could go into Christmas. My product could be in any of these categories. So rather than hey, let's just give people loads of choice. This becomes quite fatiguing for people because you're always wondering, well, have I got the best option? Might there be something better in one of these other categories for me? Like if I go into the vegan section, yeah, but could I be getting something better if I go into the Black Friday section? Am I being a mug for paying full price on a vegan product if there's going to be some vegan stuff in Black Friday? So it becomes quite a bit like a maze where there's loads of different routes at every junction and you don't really know where you should turn. You've got this constant lingering FOMO in your head. Five of these maze options look pretty good. Where do you go? Where should you go? So that's the boots.com website. Now, number seven beauty has a much simplified product offering because they're only selling boots own brand products. And this allows them to really simplify their navigation. They've got, uh, let's say, we've got nine sections across the top menu. So things like Christmas, skincare, makeup, men's, body and sun, gifts, offers, outlet. So there's still a bit of crossover, but not a huge amount. And then underneath those, we have very, very straightforward subcategories. So men's, we've got age-defying, oil control, energizing, sensitive, simple. Any idiot can make a choice between four options, right? It's when you give someone 20 options, and some of them are crossing over, that's when navigation becomes confusing. That's when you see your bounce rate going up. You see people getting all confused in the heat mapping and the user recordings because they don't know where they should be going. So what we typically want to do with a menu with any navigation on any website is we want to invite people to choose between incredibly obvious options. If I say to you, what do you want? Do you want men's, women's or children? You're going to be able to make that decision really easily. 
And by making that decision, you can immediately remove so many of the non-relevant options that you might see later on in the site. ASOS does a fantastic job of this as well. They give those categories right at the top of the page, men's, women's, I think children or something. And then from then on, you only see stuff that's relevant to you. So try and categorize your visitors as early as possible and in as clear categories as possible without making them worry uh, that they, uh, you know, that they haven't found the right thing. By doing this, of course, by having like a men's anti-aging products as the product category, you can also optimize that for search because you've got one category page linking all these products together. You can then optimize it for anti-aging keywords. You can write some copy on it. You can get it ranked. Number seven have chosen not to do any of that on this page, which is a little bit surprising, but you could. <laughs> now, so that's the search visitors. To cater for the browse visitors, you need to think about how you can help inspire them and guide them to a purchase. Remember, you're going to be getting people on your e-com store who they didn't come in there looking for something to buy, as strange as that sounds. They came here just to look around because they're curious. So a few different ways that e-com brands are doing this are catering to this browse visitor. Um, questionnaires and quizzes. So the ordinary, the cosmetics product, the ordinary, I think we've done a we've done a teardown of their digital marketing. For, if you don't know The Ordinary, really kind of interesting brand. They sell fairly low-priced um, cosmetics products, but they're very technical, right? They give you the names of the ingredients. They focus on the names. They focus on the science behind it. Their thing is like most of the time when you're buying cosmetics products, you're wasting your money on a whole bunch of unnecessary stuff. We give you like solid, high-purity ingredients. We tell you exactly what they do, and you buy them, and you kind of, yeah. Really interesting positioning. Uh, excuse me. But one of the potential weaknesses of their model is it can be quite confusing because you're now rather than just buying like a moisturizer, an anti-aging moisturizer, you're now buying a moisturizer with azaleic acid suspension 10% and you're buying an alpha arbitin 2%. And you're like, I, I don't really understand any of this. They've identified for this type of new visitor or for a browse visitor, they need to help you through to a purchase. So they've got a fantastic build my regimen calculator or quiz type thing, which it looks to me like it's actually built on type forms. It's very straightforward. It's very simple. And you just go through, you answer a few questions. I think there's eight questions. It says this will take four minutes and it helps you identify which products are right for you. And because you've been through this process and it's given you a tailored recommendation, you don't get this conversion blocking FOMO or doubt that you're like, oh, have I chosen the right thing? Or should something else be better for me? Because no, the questionnaire has told you based on your answers, this is exactly what you should buy. Happy days. So fantastic way of doing it. And also remember, go back to the Miz in the main way, they've just taken you from a potential moisturizer sale to a regimen sale, which is multiple products. They'll tell you what you need to use at night, what you need to use in the morning, what you need to use in between, what you need to be sneaking out of work, hiding in the toilets and dripping on your face at 3am. Why do, why do you be at work at 3am? Different audience. Um, but you know, they'll, they'll upsell you into a whole regimen. Love it. Love to see it. Boxed, the boiler company. They sell boilers through, they, well, they actually sell boiler installation through e-commerce, which I've got a huge amount of respect for. I tried to do this in 2010 and it was a nightmare. So respect to Boxed that, uh, that they're doing this, but a similar sort of thing. They have a questionnaire where they take you through to find the right boiler for you because this is a difficult product. People very infrequently buy a new boiler. They're scared of getting it wrong. You're not going to spend 
£5,000 through e-commerce if you're concerned that you've got the product selection wrong. So they help you go through that process. And then another version of this for browsers, um, Bath Store, who we haven't referred to for ages, but are one of my original e-commerce uh, first loves, I guess, bathstore.com. Um, fantastic e-commerce set up there. And they have a great selection of buyer's guides. So if you're shopping for a bath or a bath, if you're from up north, um, and you don't know what to get, well, you've got these buyer's guides, which take you through, give you a whole bunch of information. They answer top questions. It's basically their knowledge base, their content section, because they've optimized all of this for their target keywords to rank for these informational searches. So it's really, really cool. But it also helps the browse traffic, gives them inspiration, and gives them the opportunity to upsell into a whole bathroom suite if they need to. So there you go. That's how to cater to your search and your browse visitors. Now you've heard us say this before, if you boost credibility, you boost your conversion rate. And this is true whether you're selling your own products, this is true whether you're selling through e-commerce or service or not. How do e-commerce stores demonstrate credibility? Well, firstly, you do it by attractive design and functionality. If you've got a janky store, it doesn't quite look right, looks a bit amateur, then that can communicate a certain message, but it's very rarely credibility. One of the best ways to demonstrate credibility is obviously through product reviews. And here we go back to Mizzen and Main, who have a fantastic approach to their product reviews. They actually respond to their product reviews, okay? They respond, they, they have replies. So, and, and they have replies which are like in their brand tone of voice. So here someone has uh, left a review on one of their products that says, shirt is good. Well, Mizzen and Rain have replied saying, review is good. <laughs> Witty, right? Because this, you know, shirt is good is a bit of a, it's a strange review, isn't it? I, you always wonder about people who leave these sorts of reviews. <laughs> I remember we had someone leave a review for our how to get to the top of Google book on Amazon and they gave me a one star review for it. This is well back in the early days. They said, this is probably something like, this is probably a good book, but I didn't really understand its concept because I bought it in error. And I'm like, dude, just give me a one-star review because you don't know how to navigate the Amazon app, which by the way, is one of the most simple purchasing experiences in the world. Like what? Anyway, that's another story. But collecting reviews on your products obviously is massively important, great way of building credibility, as is replying to those reviews, as is incentivizing people to attach product images to the reviews because then it has less chance of seeming fake. So think about your product reviews. A common question is what if I don't have any reviews yet? Well, you need reviews. <laughs> okay, so what if I don't have reviews? Get some. The best way to get some is to build automated email follow-up sequences that trigger after the purchase, reminding customers. And if you have to, like incentivize them with something, loyalty points, whatever, to leave a review. If you're really early stages, email these people individually and say, hey, look, I'm trying to build my e-com store. Can you just leave me a freaking review, please? Just don't leave that review panel empty. It's not a good look. Another way of building credibility is personality. And by personality, I don't mean that you have to have like a face, you have to be appearing on your e-commerce store's homepage. Hi, welcome to, you know, jeffbezos.com. Welcome to my store. I've collected all these products for you personally. I don't mean that. I just mean you can add people into your store, whether it's you or not, to make it seem a little bit more human. So going back to the ordinary. Now, the ordinary's positioning is really quite clinical. Their store is very clinical. It looks like their product images are almost like... Um, you know, medical scientific things. So they've got pictures of the goop on a table with some like bubbles in and the product uh, packaging is all like scientific. 
you know, it's a great shtick. It really is. If you haven't checked it out, theordinary.com. Fantastic angle. Um, but the danger with this is that it all feels a little bit clinical and a little bit impersonal. So they have product videos where they explain how these things work and they have people in these product videos. So it's a way of softening this image. So they've still got the credibility of being all sciencey and you know all that, but they've also got the personality and do you know what? There is actually real people behind this. I'm not just buying from some, you know, robot manufacturing pharma company. Um, the boxed company, going back to the boiler installation, again, this is something that can feel really scary to buy. It's really scary to buy a boiler at any point, but definitely scary to do it from an e-commerce store where you don't really know the company behind it. So what do they do to soften that to make it seem less risky? Well, they have pictures of people on the store wearing boxed uniforms, and this really makes you feel, ah, you know, they're all smiling, they're presentable. They're the sort of people who take their shoes off when they come into your house to install your boiler, right? And that's an underrated benefit. I remember we had someone come into our house to do some work. Anyway, they wore their shoes the whole time. They had mud on their shoes. At one point, they even stood. Uh, Luca was just a baby. They stood on Luca's clean washing with their muddy shoes. I'm like, how on earth has someone so dysfunctional managed to get some business and come into my house that they would think that that would be an appropriate next step to take. Anyway, but the point is that's the kind of vibe that a lot of boiler engineers have. So Boxed have kind of intentionally gone against that and they've got these lovely people with their branded equipment looking all smiley, looking all presentable with their shoes off. So, you know, this is not that. This is safer. This is a better option. So building personality to build credibility. And Whilst another example, whilst I'm not going to tell you that the um, there's a clothing company called Aviator Nation. If you don't know it, it's Blake Mikowski. I think her, I'm going to get I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's the brother of the founder of Tom's, the shoe company, right? Anyway, Aviator Nation is one of those econ brands that their revenue is way way higher than you would expect. Super super high end brand. You know, you can buy a Ninja pullover hoodie for two hundred and seven dollars great. Um, they've got a blog on their site. The blog is not optimal. W Exposure Ninja would rip it to pieces because it's not ranking for informational terms. It's not really being used as a traffic driver at all. But one thing it does do well is it introduces you to Blake, the founder. So it's all kind of Blake focused, which for traffic generation is terrible. But if someone went onto the site, they realize that actually, you know, there's a person behind this business and they do a lot of personal branding type stuff and that builds credibility of the brand. They also use product photography, which has people in it and is designed to trigger a sort of aspirational feeling in their target customers. If you haven't seen the site, firstly, go on my TikTok, uh, search for Tim Cameron Kitchen on TikTok because I've posted a TikTok about it. Their product imagery is quite, I'm going to say contentious, right? I'm on a product page and they're selling a hoodie. The model is wearing a hoodie, but she's not wearing any trousers, okay? So this is like a scroll stopping product page. And all of the models look like they live at the beach in California. You would not say that this is a diverse model casting. This is like Abercrombie and Fitch, but on the beach in LA wearing $200 hoodies. So it's a super interesting site, but all of this is designed to build personality. They have a very clear target audience and they know how to trigger aspiration in that target audience. So for that reason, it's an effective product image. So there you have it, a whole bunch of ways to increase your average order value, your customer lifetime value, and your conversion rate through e-commerce in the next year. If you've enjoyed this episode, please 
leave us a review. I absolutely love reading the reviews. Thanks to people who've submitted when I was reading the reviews the other day. There's someone on our, on the iTunes store who has called me out for being a Nottingham Forest fan. And they've said that this means that I have poor judgment because they're a Derby County supporter. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, just go and have a look at where these teams are in the leagues. <laughs> but if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to go and request your free review from explosioninja.com forward slash review. Until next week, I will see you soon.